Wonderful to be here this morning. I was not anticipating preaching. I was coming to hear our pastor preach. I don't get that opportunity and privilege too often with us being on the road traveling. And so I just wanted to say today that I'm very grateful that the Lord led us here to Bible Baptist Church, Mrs. Ellis and I, and it's a great honor to represent you on the mission field. You did an outstanding job on the play for everyone that was involved in the play, and uh, we enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for allowing us to represent you on the field and be your hands and feet in missions as well. Uh, well, I preached the other day on Emmanuel, and it uh, started in the book of Isaiah. I'm not going to preach on that today, but I was thinking about God with us, and I'm glad that God is with us. And uh, not just during Christmas, but every day of the year, for those of us that have been saved and know the Lord, I'm glad that he's with us always, all the way into the end of the world. And uh, aren't you glad God has a sense of humor? I remember years ago when it was in the state of Wyoming, we had a uh, pastor that, or a man that was in our church and was called a pastor, and uh, he preached against Christmas trees, he preached against Christmas lights, he preached against reefs, he preached against anything that had to do with Christmas. Uh, he despised anything that was of decoration during Christmas. And God has a sense of humor. He took a church in South Dakota, and uh, when he got there, he opened up the baptistry, and lo and behold, it was loaded with Christmas trees and wreaths and ornaments and Christmas lights, and uh, he ended up having to decorate the church, and God has a sense of humor, amen? I don't know about you, but I enjoy this time of year, and I enjoy all the decorations, and I enjoy the family time. This morning, I'm not going to preach on Christmas specifically. I'm sure pastor has something on his heart along that line, but I do want to go to the book of 1 John, and will not be long this morning, but let's go to 1 John, if you would please, in chapter number uh, 4, and we'll look at a uh, passage of Scripture. Actually, let's go to 1 John chapter number 5, and we'll look at a passage of Scripture here. In 1 John chapter number 5, if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of the Bible, we'll read just two verses of Scriptures, and then we'll bring the message I believe the Lord would have us to bring this morning. Thank you, preacher, for this great opportunity. 1 John chapter number 5, and notice with me please in two verses, verse number 4 and verse number 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning out of a thought that is found in this text, and that is on the subject matter of how to be an overcomer. I have about four or five points this morning, but I will make them brief and get to the main message this morning from our preacher. But I am grateful that no matter what we face in this generation, no matter the difficulties, the trials, the troubles, the temptations, the discouragements, the despondency that this generation faces, I'm glad with all of the struggles and in spite of that which we face on a continual basis that we as God's people can be an overcomer. And I believe that God's people ought to be the happiest people on the planet earth. And uh, it would do us good sometimes to let our face know that we are saved and born again. And that we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Now I want to say this morning, according to our text, as we look at verse number four, he says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then in verse number five, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And may I say to you this morning that if you want to be an overcomer in your life, 
The first step you must take is in the matter of salvation. You must know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. There may be those in our midst this morning that has never come to a true knowledge of Christ. I was preaching the other night in the prison, and uh, there were several that raised their hand that they had been saved, and one or two that came forward that had made a profession of faith in Christ, and only to find out that they had never truly been born again. There had never been that time and place in their life where they'd come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And uh, two of the five that came forward found the Lord on that day, and the Lord found them as they bowed their head, bowed their heart to heaven, and were converted to Christ. And I'm grateful that when they were saved, they walked out of the chapel services with a smile on their face and with a joy in their heart. And so I'm saying this morning that if we want to be an overcomer, the first step is to know Christ in the free pardon of sin and the matter of salvation. As we preached in the prisons all across America and the six habitable continents on the planet Earth, uh, the greatest joy of those that we have met over the years and over three generations approaching and the next couple of years or so, four generations of serving as a missionary, I said generations, decades of serving as a missionary. I'm grateful that the happiest people that I've ever met in my life are those that have been saved and have come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I was thinking about our young Molly the other night, uh, the youngest of ours, our grandchildren, and um, we, our son was talking to us and said that she was crying and she was upset. And uh, she said to her dad, said, Dad, when is Jesus ever going to come in my heart? And uh, she had been sick for a few days and thought, preacher, that God was judging her because she hadn't been saved yet. She's only five years old and uh, said, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. And I'm glad that we must come to the realization that we understand that Christ is the answer and that there may be AA, NA, SA, and all the addiction programs that are out there. But I'm glad that the greatest addiction program is coming to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And so the Bible says in our text, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And if you want to be a true overcomer this morning, you must trust Christ in this matter of salvation. Notice with me in the book of Romans in chapter number 8 this morning. In Romans in chapter number 8, notice in our text, if you would please, and we'll read verse number 37, where the Bible says, Nay, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter number uh, 15, notice what the Bible uh, says concerning uh, the scripture and the matter of serving the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 57 and verse number 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ. And then notice, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so if you want to be an overcomer this morning, the first step is in the matter of salvation and giving your life unto the Lord. And then secondly this morning, it is always abounding in the work of the Lord. And in other words, it is living a life of surrender. It is impossible to hold on to the world with one hand and Christ with the other hand and have victory in our life. There must be a full surrender to the will of God, to the ways of God, and to the word of God if we want to be uh, overcomers in our life. I remember 
the day I got saved and gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to go into all of my testimony. I've given just about every aspect of it here in this pulpit and in this church over the years. But I remember as I struggled with certain sin in my life, even after I was saved and I had been forgiven of my sin, there were certain sins that I and or transgressions that I was entrapped in and entangled in in the world. And God gave me great victory over those. And I remember uh, some of the extra baggage I carried over into the matter of salvation. I'm glad I was forgiven of them. I'm glad I was cleansed of them. But there were some of them that were still tempting. They were drawing me back and tempting me to go back into my old ways and my old habits. The Bible refers to that as two natures. And before I got saved, I lived for the devil. And I did a good job of it. And when I got saved and gave my life to Christ, I've done my best to do a good job of it and be fully surrendered to the Lord, to let loose of the world, to grab on and cling to Christ. And I want to say to you this morning, it is impossible to please God and please the world at the same time. We're either pleasing the world or pleasing God. And if we are fully surrendered to God, it is impossible to go out and to be drawn out into the world. And therefore, we can have a victorious life. We can be an overcomer by fully surrendering to the will of God and to the ways of God. I thought about uh, some of the folks that we have led to the Lord over the years. I thought about a gentleman that I worked with for a number of years and he was steeped in a, a religious uh, movement that had great influence in that generation and um, he was steeped in it. He got saved and gave his life to the Christ and yet there was a lot of the old doctrine that he clung to. And uh, there were times that I would teach through the Bible. I went through the book of Acts, the book of Romans, and uh, we had a two-hour Bible study one time. And when I got done, I remember asking him, I said to him, I said, now, uh, what do you believe? What does the Bible teach? And he says, well, the Bible refutes what I've been uh, taught all of my life and what I'm clinging to in my life. And I said, then what are you going to do? He said, well, he said, the way I have lived is based on my emotions and my feelings. And he said, the Bible does not teach that. But I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to cling to my emotions. I'm clinging to my old doctrine and my old ways because it's something I can feel. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start praying that God would make you of all men most miserable. And it was about a month or so later, he came back into my office. He said to me, he said, preacher, he said, I wish you'd quit praying for me to be miserable. I said, why? He said, because God's answering your prayer. And he said, I don't like being miserable. He said, I'm struggling with my old ways and my sin. And he said, what should I do? And he had genuinely been saved and given his life to the Lord. And so I told him, I said, you've got to let go of the world and you've got to cling with both hands uh, to Christ. You see, if we have both hands clinging to Christ, it would be impossible to have one uh, hand clinging to God and one clinging to the world. And uh, we prayed with him, we worked with him, and he walked out of the office and came back a month or so later. He said, Preacher, it works. I have fully surrendered my life. I have fully dedicated my life to God, and it works. He said, I'm, I've had victory over my sin and victory in my life. May I say to you, if we want to be an overcomer, we must come to the matter of salvation. And then secondly, we must come to the place of a full surrender for the Lord. Now this morning, I want to look in the book of Romans, in uh, chapter number 1 and verse number 17. And so in the book of Romans 1 and verse number 17, we find uh, this passage of Scripture. 
uh, given in the Bible. Notice, if you would please, in, in the book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse number 17, this passage is given to us uh, concerning uh, how we should live for the Lord. Now notice in verse number 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and is written, The just shall live by faith. And may I say to you this morning that if you want to be an overcomer, first there must be some salvation. We must come to the place where we're willing to trust Christ as our personal Savior. We must make a full surrender. And then thirdly, this morning and briefly, we must be willing to stand by faith. We must be willing to live by faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I remember many years ago, Mrs. Ellis and I was a counselor at a particular Christian camp. And we had all the boys that I was overseeing, and she was overseeing a group of the ladies. And one of our memory verses for the week was that verse out of 1 Corinthians, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so I couldn't seem to get them to learn that simple little verse. And so I taught them we had to walk in single file uh, into the chow hall, and so I taught it to them by using it as a marching cadence as we go into the uh, chow hall. They would walk down the hill and down the long ways. I suppose we had to walk 150 yards uh, to get into the chow hall. And so they'd walk and they'd march to this tune, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, after one march, I spent hours trying to get them to learn that simple verse of Scripture. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And in one march in cadence, single file, uh, to the chow hall, they learned that. And I saw one of them here a few months back, and they said to me, Brother Ellis, do you remember that little verse of Scripture you taught us? For we walk by faith and not by sight at the camp. I said, I sure do. He said, I've never forgotten it. He said, in fact, there's been a time or two I kind of stumbled a little bit on that verse. And he said, I'd go back in my mind's vision, and I'd think about that cadence and march to the chow hall, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And he said, I remember that. I believe I remember it till the day I die. If we want to be an overcomer, we're going to have to stand by faith on the Word of God and take our stand and take the Bible at face value and exactly what God says concerning our sin, our transgression, and the victorious Christian life. And so we've got to stand by faith. We've got to live by faith. We've got to walk by faith. Then last but not least, Notice with me, if you would please, in the book of First uh, Peter, if you would please. And First uh, Peter, the Bible is very clear concerning uh, some of our uh, pers perspective on uh, serving the Lord. In First Peter 5, 8, the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If we want to be overcomers quickly, we must be saved. We must know the Lord in the free pardon of sin. Secondly, we must have a surrendered life. We must completely be surrendered to the Lord. A lot of people are making New Year's resolutions come January the 1st. Let us not make a New Year's resolution, brethren. Let us just make a full surrendered commitment to obey God, believe the Bible, and to live and walk by faith. And then we must be willing to stand by faith and then last but not least, we must be sharp-eyed. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We must be sharp-eyed. Do you know the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. I, 
I remember we had a prisoner at the Wyoming State Penitentiary. I'll not call his name in case he's out of prison and he's Googling and he probably wouldn't appreciate me uh, giving his name in the pulpit. But I remember uh, his name. I remember his, uh, his uh, kind of his uh, nickname that they'd given him inside the institution. And every time I'd bring a pastor, evangelist, another missionary, or a guest inside the institution, he had to pull them aside and try to impress them. He would tell them about his Bible college that he went to, a Baptist Bible college. He'd tell them about his work for the Lord. He'd tell them about his time standing in the pulpit. And I always wanted to say, you can brag all you want, but you're still in prison. And uh, he would try to impress people. I pulled him aside one day, and I said to him, I said, why do you do that? Why do you always try to impress people that come in? And uh, I said, don't you understand? You're in prison. I'm not throwing rocks at you, but you're in prison. Why are you trying to impress them of the ministry? That's a mark against God. It's a mark against you that you went to a Bible college. You once stood in the pulpit and preached. And now you're talking about and bragging about all the things you've done for God. And you're still in prison. And you're in prison because you're guilty. You yourself has confessed to it. My friend, we're going to have to be sharp-eyed. I remember I was in a prison in Missouri State Penitentiary some years ago. In fact, it was about 36 years ago. And uh, I had been up all day traveling and up through the night traveling to get back in. And I was in training with one of our senior chaplains, uh, Brother Larry Skipper. And I told him, I said, Brother Skipper, I've been up. Uh, over 24 hours. I'm not sure you want me going into the prison. I'm not, how, I'm not sure how beneficial I'll be to you. He said, no, come on. It's part of your training. You got to go. I said, okay. And so we're walking cell to cell. And Brother Skipper came across a guy that was on drugs and had been on our, uh, drunk and so forth. And uh, he was talking to him. He was trying to get this man to understand he needed to know Christ as a Savior. And he said to, the inmate said to Brother Skipper, he said, well, let me put it this way. He said, before I got in prison, he said, I kind of look like that guy you had with you. Uh, I look like that all the time. Red eye, drowsy, and uh, staggering. I said, hey, I'm not drunk. I'm not on dope. I said, I've just been up all night and all day, and I'm here today to try to witness to you and tell you about the Lord. And just a cell or two down the way, we ran across another man. And he said, I went to the Bible college. It was a Baptist college. He said, I was a youth director in a youth minute, uh, meeting, our, our youth ministry at our church. He said, I preached a lot of youth rallies. And he said, I have preached all over this country. He said, I sing in the choir. I sing specials. And he told me all the religious feats that he had accomplished. And then he began to weep. And I thought, in the beginning, here we go. Here's another religious man going to brag about his religious accomplishments for the Lord. And yet he's in prison uh, and he pleads guilty. And he said to me, he said, preacher, he said, you tell people everywhere you go that you once met a man that was in church. You once met a man that uh, went to Bible college. You once went, met a man that preached and worked with youth. You once met a man that sang in the choir and sang specials. You tell him that you once met a man that used to be in church, and now he's serving 650 years in prison. And I said to him, and I violated one of our own policies, never ask a prisoner what they're in prison for. And I said to him, I said, what are you in here for to get 650 years? And he looked at me, and I can't say the details of the crime this morning because of the young people that are here. But let me just put it this way. Uh, it was a brutal murder of a little infant child that wouldn't quit uh, crying. And he beat the child and made it 
cry worse. And what he finally ended up doing to the child got him 650 years in prison. And he wept and he said, Preacher, you tell people everywhere you go that you once met a man. You once met a man who used to be in the church, who used to be in the pulpit and mount the pulpit and preach the scriptures, who went to Bible college. And you tell them everywhere you go that they, just because they're in church and just because they sing in a choir and just because they sing specials and just because they're involved in some ministry, you tell them that those things will not isolate them from the harms and the damage and the sins of the world and remind them that only victory can come through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. May I say to you this morning, as we prepare to close 2022, and by the grace of God, if he lets us enter into 2023, may we realize if we want to have a victorious life, it'll only come through salvation, surrender, by standing by faith, and having a sharp eye on the attacks of the devil and the wiles of the devil. If you want to be an overcomer, commit your life completely fully and wholly to Christ. And young people, if I could say this to you that are here this morning, the best thing you can do with your life is lay it on the altar for Christ and make a full surrender. Our fathers, we bow before you. Thank you this morning for the church and for your blessings. Thank you for this day that we can come worship on this 